Big 12 basketball has flipped the calendar to February, and we have got a heck of a race on our hands. I'm Pete Mundo. Heartland College Sports, of course, is where you find us covering the Big 12 Conference. And let's say hello to our lead basketball writer, Matthew Postens. He's been all over things uh, this week, as he is every week in the Big 12. And by the way, if you're on YouTube, you know what to do. That subscribe button is right below you. And uh, hit the thumbs up, the like button as well. On the podcast, we always appreciate you guys leaving a five-star rating and review. And thanks, as always, to our radio affiliates for joining us here on the show. So uh, I always like to start off the show with Matthew like this, the best game that was this past week. And I'll go first because I get to take the easy ones here. And uh, to me, Matthew, it was Houston's overtime win against Texas on the road. And what really stood out to me, and I know you'll remember this because we talked about it um, in text message earlier in the week, the halftime interview where Kelvin mm-hmm. Sampson is up. I forget what they were up at halftime, but they had a comfortable halftime lead. I want to say it was eight or 10 it points. Was eight. It was eight. Yeah. yeah. Eight point lead. Right. And, uh, what's Chris Budden, I mm-hmm. believe is how yeah, you pronounce Chris. her name from ESPN. Yeah. She goes, Hey, you know, what's it like uh, being on the road and having this road lead? And you know, this is pretty impressive stuff. How you feeling? And he's like, basically he was pretty snappy with her. And yeah. he goes, you know, you don't take, I forget what the words were. I don't know if you remember, but you don't was, take this for granted. It was something along the lines of there, there are no road upsets or there yes. are no, that kind of, it was, it was to the effect of them going into Texas and being up eight. this isn't an upset. This is what we expected. And I think also he was kind of thinking forward to, we expect them to come back. It, we, that's exactly what Texas did in the second half. They played an, Texas shot 60% in the second half. And they still couldn't win that game. That it had to go ended up going to overtime. Both teams had chances to win, and both of them were unable to put up a really good shot at the end. Yeah, you're right. Now I'm looking at this Houston team, and you know, they blew out K-State on Saturday. They get off to a red hot start against Texas on Big Monday. And if Tex if Houston's playing like they play in the first half against K-State and Texas, where they've got their lockdown defense and they're hitting three pointers to start off the game. You're not going to beat them. I mean, if this team, they started off against K-State, I remember four of nine from three-point range. If they do that to you, you're not beating this Houston team, and it quickly becomes the best team in the Big 12. But, of course, I don't know what happened in that second half, but the defense, foot off the pedal a little bit, Texas gets hot, and then they got to sneak that game out in overtime. Yeah, I think it was more Texas, A, getting hot, B, adjusting to the defense, because the way Houston plays defense, they like to trap on the wings. So you've got to, it's not just making like the pass out. You've got to find the person that the double teamer vacates. And it's usually, it's not the player next to you when you're defending mm-hmm. them on the wing. It's usually somebody further off to the side. You So you've got to find the open guy. And that open guy is usually under the basket or he's kind of in the paint extended by the free throw line. And that's a more difficult pass to make if you're the offensive player. So Texas adjusted well. They got hot, you know, it's really hard to sustain what they do for 40 minutes. So you're going to have an inevitable lull. The big 12 is like the NBA. Now everybody makes a run. You know, you can be down 30 points in an NBA game and you're going to make a run in the fourth quarter and make it a game. That's the way the big 12 is now. TCU had a big lead on Texas tech, Texas tech made a run. Uh, West uh, Cincinnati had a big lead on West Virginia, West Virginia made a run. So that's Mm -hmm. just the way this conference is. It's not necessarily, Houston has a bad 10 minutes. It's usually more about the team that's behind than it is about the team that's ahead. That's a very good point. Now, what about for you? Best game of the week in Big 12 basketball was fill in the blank. 
Cincinnati at West Virginia. This was a really, really? that's a wild card. Cincinnati I mean, and West Virginia. Yeah, this was this was a really interesting game. I was watching the women's game, uh, K State and Oklahoma, on my TV, and I had that one on my iPad. And Cincinnati had it won. I mean, they were up ten with about six minutes to play. They had the game under control, and West Virginia goes on this nineteen-five run to end the game. Cincinnati has four or five turnovers down the stretch, and just in those six minutes, you finally got to look at what West Virginia could have been if. Jesse Edwards hadn't got hurt in December. If Wayquan Battle hadn't missed half the season, if Kirk Creesa hadn't missed nine games due to a suspension, I mean, you really got a good look at what they could be as a as a team. And it was just it was a really gutty win for them. They're kind of just playing for pride at this point. Although if they're one of the top two teams in NCAA net that doesn't make the NCAA tournament, they can sneak into the NIT. But they're now three and zero at home in Big Twelve play. Yes. And it's not just, oh, we beat Cincinnati. They beat Kansas and they beat Texas. Texas, yeah. You know, even though this team is not what we were expecting it to be, they've still cultivated that home court advantage that they always seem to have at WVU Coliseum. Any chance, yes or no, that Eilert keeps this job? I don't believe so. No, okay. I, I think they're going to do a full search at the end of the season. I think he'll get a chance to interview. Yeah. I think he's earned that. But I, I my personal opinion I think they're going to go get Ben McCollum at Northwest Missouri State. He's got that connection with Ryan Baker. He's highly successful at the D2 level. He's won national championships. He's ready for a D1 job. That's my gut on where they're going to go, but I don't think Eilert's going to have the job full-time at, at the end of the season. I just okay. don't. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Uh, did you see Bob Huggins was there at the game? I did not see Bob was there at the yeah, game. Yeah, he was uh, there, and I thought I saw this um, on social media that he was doing an interview with the Cincinnati radio broadcast, which, you know, last time he was on radio in Cincinnati, that didn't go well for him. Yeah. That, <laughs> but you know what? It doesn't surprise me a bit that he would do that during a game. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's Bob. Uh, that's Bob for you. That is. Um, now you look at, and we'll get to the games on Saturday. It's a huge Saturday for this league, but you look at this conference right now, Matthew, and, and Houston's in first place by half a game over Iowa state and Texas tech. Then you got KU and TCU a game back. But here's the part that stands out to me. Houston's won five straight. Iowa State's won three in a row. TCU's won three in a row. And Kansas State has lost three in a row. That's four teams. Everybody else is on a one-game winning streak, one-game losing streak, two-game winning streak, or a two-game losing streak. And that just feels like how this year is going to be in this league. No one goes outside of Houston right now, and we'll see how they do in Allen Fieldhouse. No one goes on big runs in this conference. No, I, I don't think anybody, at least this year, will. And I think a lot of this has to do with what all of these programs have done the last four or five years to build up their basketball footprint. I mean, when you go back to the 2019-20 season, when COVID hit and everything got canceled, Kansas was the number one team in the country. I think they were 17-1 and one in conference. And there was a definite gap between them and the rest of the conference. Yeah, there was. Yeah, That gap doesn't exist anymore. And it's not because Kansas is any worse. They're still one of the best teams in the country. Mm -hmm. It's because TCU, Baylor, Texas Tech, Kansas State, and even Houston, Cincinnati, these schools have invested in college basketball now in ways that they have not done in the past. And because of that, instead of it being Kansas coming down to them, it's them going up to Kansas. And now you have this, this very small gap now between, say, first and eighth place in the but conference. I, Kansas has come down. I mean, this is not, and we've talked about this, this is not the Kansas team that won a national title in 21. It's just not that no. team. Well, it's, it, they don't have the depth that they have. Yeah, 
few years yeah. ago. But yeah. they they are capable in March of going mm-hmm. on a run with the seven or eight guys that they have now. They're talented enough to do that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I wouldn't put it past them to go on that kind of a run. Remember when they won it two years ago, yeah, they were deep, but they were not they weren't in the best place because Remy Martin, they still didn't know what to do with him. They kind of figured Mm. it out in the big 12 tournament. And then they took that jump after that. So I'm not, I'm not putting it past Kansas to go on a run. And I don't, I don't think the difference between say last year's team and this year's team is that much different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. 22. Um, Okay. So when you look at Saturday, let's just dive right into, you know, segues right into it. And Matthew Postens is here on Heartland College Sports. I'm Pete Mundo. Uh, Thanks for being a part of the show. As always, if you're just joining us, hit that like button on YouTube, subscribe, same thing on the podcast. And we always appreciate our radio affiliates joining us as well. So when you look at Saturday, I mean, all eyes are going to be on Allen Fieldhouse. Uh, Houston, KU, it's the game of the week in the Big 12. I would say it's the game of the week in college basketball, but I, you can't really say that because you've got UNC and Duke that day, right? So that's going to be soaking up all the energy in, in college basketball, which annoys me, but whatever. We're used to that in the Big 12. So this game, um, what's it come down to for you? Yeah, I think – Houston's now learned enough about big 12 environments to where I I don't think they're going to be intimidated going into Allen Fieldhouse. And if you look at how TCU played there, Cincinnati played there, it's not to say that Kansas doesn't still have a home court advantage, but I don't think anybody's walking in there like, Oh my God, this is Allen Fieldhouse. How are we going to do this? I think Mm -hmm. everybody's kind of attuned to the fact that they, they can play well there and really make a game of it. Uh, I'm really interested to see, how much Kansas can handle the way Houston plays defense in the half court, the wing traps, you know, can they get the ball moved around a lot? Um, I'm really interested to see how Houston can handle Hunter Dickinson. I know he's, he's kind of hot and cold, but Houston certainly doesn't have an interior offensive player that can match up with Hunter Dickinson from an offensive standpoint, but they can run two or three guys at him that can, you know, make it really difficult on him. If Dickinson has a big game, I think that, really bodes well for Kansas. But the other big piece of this, and we won't know about it probably till about 2 p.m. Saturday, is whether or not Kevin McCullough Jr. will play. Yeah. He didn't play against Oklahoma State. And Bill Self told Fran Fraschilla, hey, Fran asked him, hey, you know, if if you guys had Houston tonight, you know, could Kevin go? And Bill's like, mm, I don't know. So we're going to have to see where Kevin McCullough's at on Saturday, if they don't have him, that really changes the calculus. Of that oh, game. they're screwed. I, they can't win. I don't think they can win this game without him. Um, I mean, Houston's depth is going to be a problem, Matthew. I mean, mm-hmm. I, they are just a much deeper team. We've talked about the defense, the re, the rebounding as well. I mean, I don't, I, we've talked about Hunter Dickinson, you know, really not getting down low on the boards. If he doesn't feel comfortable getting down there. And I, He's going to have to muscle his way down there for some tough rebounds in this game. And I I don't know. I think Houston's going to out-tough Kansas in Allen Fieldhouse, which I know is a weird thing to say, but I, I see Houston winning this game on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, if McCullough doesn't play, that's your your t- one of your top yes. scorers, and that's your best individual one-on-one defender for Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um, because Houston has three different guys that they can run at Dickinson, they, they're not going to get fatigued. I think no. Dickinson's going to have to play like 35, 38 minutes in this game. And the fact that they've got so many different forwards that they can run in and wear them down, you know, Dickinson's going to have to have a big game. I, I he To me, I think he's got to grab like 12, 14 rebounds at least. They need Furphy to help them 
from the perimeter as well, from a rebounding standpoint. There are ways to augment that, but you know, if Houston's got 10, 12 rebounds on them at the end of the game, that's going to, that's going to tell you a lot about, you know, how that game goes. Yeah. Uh, meantime, one of the other top games this Saturday, Iowa State's at Baylor. It's mm-hmm. obviously in Waco. You were in Waco last Saturday, Matthew, for the TCU triple overtime game. Uh, you got an angle. You got to see this camera angle everyone's talking about. And we yeah. have that video up on our Instagram page. Find us there at Heartland College Sports. We, by the way, just past 4,000 followers on Instagram. So go follow us there. Um, It's a weird angle. You know, listen, it's a first world problem. I don't think it's the biggest deal in the world, but it's, it's goofy. How does it look in person? Do you feel like you're on the moon? So, well, here's the thing. I I really like what they've done with the arena. I mean, it's, it's smaller, it's more compact. You've got fans closer to the court. And I think that's what they wanted. They wanted that feel of having fans right on top of the court, which you didn't get in the Ferrell Center. Mm-hmm. So they've built the arena very steeply, you yeah. know, and that's part of the problem. It's not just the lower level that's steep and compact. It's the upper level too. So when I walked up to the upper level um, inside the arena, the view from that camera, well, you know, it's not bad. I mean, mm-hmm. you're, you're still pretty close to the action, but when you put a camera on it, like I did in the video, you're like, Oh wow. This is kind of like watching the game from Mars. Yeah. And it's not so much that the camera's, that the camera well is too far away. It's too far high and they got to steep the camera too far down. Mm-hmm. What they should have done was they should have had that camera well at the, the bottom of the second section. Yes. Yes. And that would have cost them probably two, 300 seats, but that would have made the viewing experience much better. I think for the, for the folks at home, as it stands now, there's nothing they can do about that. I mean, mm-hmm. there, there's nowhere to move it. Uh, there's a rope. There's a, suite area right underneath that second level so it's not like you're gonna carve out a piece of the suite to put a camera there no 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 no. yeah you're so not gonna do it, that it is it is what it is at this point unfortunately yeah. so what about the game itself i mean iowa state's playing some of the best basketball in the big 12 uh right mm-hmm. now i they by the way as someone notes here on uh youtube live uh evan points out iowa state will win the regular season this year because they already beat houston and kansas i mean when you start talking tiebreakers yeah um uh, do I think they're the best team in the Big 12 right now? No, I think that's Houston. But Iowa State, to Evan's point, uh, they've got a good case to make if they can keep winning. But Saturday in Waco is going to be tough. Baylor snapped its three-game slide, and I think they're still easily a top you know, 15 team in the country, regardless of what the rankings say. Yeah, I think what's interesting about Iowa State, and I wrote about this, I think, last week. So one of the things I said they had to get better at coming into the season was their three-point three shooting. When I looked at it last week, there was only a one percentage difference between how they shot from the three last year and this year as a team. Mm -hmm. But when you look at their top four three-point shooters, they're shooting at a much higher level than they were a year ago. Uh, Pavletsky's like 40%. um, Lipsy obviously has improved tremendously. I think he's at like 37, 38. So they're they're not shooting much better as a team, but what they've got is they've got better higher level three-point shooters around the floor. And that makes them harder to defend. And when you combine that with their ability to defend, that makes them a much harder team to beat both home and on the road. You know, their Mm -hmm. defense is going to travel. The real question when they go to Baylor is, you know, how well will they be able to shoot from the perimeter? Yeah, no, that's a, that's an excellent point. It's going to be a really fun game. That's the last game of the night um, on Saturday in Waco on ESPN two. Now you look at some of these other games, Texas is at TCU. That's a, a big game for both of these teams. 
K-State's trying to snap a three-game slide in Stillwater. That's the place to do it. Um, then you've got Oklahoma at UCF, Cincinnati at Texas Tech, and BYU travels to West Virginia. That BYU-West Virginia game is interesting to me because both of these teams are good at home and stink on the road. So, <laughs> I mean, you'd say edge to West Virginia, even though I think BYU is a much better team. But they're 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 kind of mirror images of each other in the sense that they both have much better home court play, and that's natural with the travel to get there than they do road play. Yeah, and and for BYU, they really need this win. You know, we yeah. talked about Cincinnati, West Virginia earlier. Cincinnati squandered an opportunity to get a quote unquote easy win when it comes to building their NCAA tournament resume. Mm -hmm. Not that West Virginia is an easy team, but they're out, outside the top 100 net. So that's not a quad one or quad two game for Cincinnati. Now they got a quad three loss, I think, on their resume at this point. That's going to hurt them with the committee when we get to selection time. So for BYU, finding a way to win in Morgantown is really important because if they suffer the same fate Cincinnati did, They'll end up with one of those losses, and that could be a differentiator for them. They're they're more they're they're more higher ranked than Cincinnati in net and in the country, but you know, say BYU tails off in February and they're sitting there at 18, 19 wins. Those are the kind of losses the committee looks at to make decisions about who gets in in those final 10, 15 spots. Two ranked teams playing different games. Oklahoma's at UCF, 23rd team in the country. Texas Tech is home to Cincinnati, looking to bounce back from the TCU loss. Of those two teams, I think there still are question marks for each of them, OU and Texas Tech. Which one would you buy right now? Hmm, I think I would buy Texas Tech right now. I just think they've been more consistent. I mean, I know they lost to TCU the other night, but I think if you look at their body of work in the conference to this point, I think they've been a more consistent team on both sides of the floor. Um, their number one scorer, Pop Isaacs, to me is a more consistent player than OU's uh, JV McCollum. Um, OU had a really good game the other night, but um, I still feel like they're they're kind of searching for a consistent third option. And Otega Owe can't have games like he had the other night where he only scores four points and doesn't really contribute offensively. They need him to be a consistent contributor every night in spite of what the defense does to him. So for right now, I'm I'm leaning toward Tech in that question. Yeah, I am too. And, and Oklahoma's, I, they're getting sloppy, Matthew. And I looked it up the other night out of curiosity. I was pulling up the uh, turnover margin and Oklahoma's dead last in the Big 12 yeah. in turnover margin. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. you just can't, you, you can't, this league is hard enough. You can't put it on a silver platter for your opponent in this conference. I mean, you're just giving away buckets and I know that, Oh, you, you know, they want to uh, score it and, you know, put the ball in the hoop and that's what they want to do, but they're not even doing that all that well lately. So I'm, I'm off the OU train as much as I like some of those guards in particular, I, I think it could be falling apart here quickly for Oklahoma, potentially. Yeah, taking care of the basketball is paramount in this conference. I mean, you look at the women's side, West Virginia forces more turnovers than all but two teams in the country, like 25 a game. That's why they're blowing teams out by like 40 points. Yeah. Uh, if you're Oklahoma, you know, it, you know if, it's, if the turnover margin's like 13, 14 a game and you're giving up like 15, 16, that makes it, that still makes a significant difference in whether or not you're able to win or lose that game. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, Kansas State, we got a couple of minutes here. Kansas State, will they stop the bleeding? We, we talked about it last week. We said that they were going to be a team that um, hit a much more difficult part of the schedule than how it opened up. Uh, mm -hmm. They can stop the bleeding in Stillwater, but can they stop the bleeding over the long haul? 
I, I think they can stop the bleeding Saturday, although I'm seeing flashes of really good things out of Oklahoma State. I know they got blown out by Kansas the other night, but I'm starting to see a young team that's starting to figure some things out as a group. Javen Small's really starting to play well for them. Yeah. Uh, I'll say this. If Kansas State doesn't figure it out Saturday, doesn't find a way to win that game, it could be a very quick downhill slide for them because, yeah. you know, I just – that game the other night against Oklahoma, they didn't score in the first eight plus minutes. I really didn't see a lot of energy out of them. Um, and then we we kind of talked in the text chain about, you know, did Jerome's Tang's, uh, you know, explicit calling out of officials on Saturday hurt them? I, you'd like to think that uh, officials can put that out of their head, but, you know, maybe not. Didn't um, help them. Didn't help them. Didn't help. That right now. Yeah, so this is a big game for them. I feel like it's kind of a fork in the road game for Kansas State. If they win this game, I think they can rescue their season and get into into postseason play. If they don't, they're going to have a really hard road to go because we're right at the midpoint of the season. And if you're trying to get to 20 wins before you get to Kansas City, and to me, if you win 20 games before you go to Kansas City, you're pretty much in the NCAA tournament. You're starting to run out of runway now. You are. All right, uh, Matthew, let's look at some of these questions here. Chief Till says, can you see that on the screen, by the way? Yeah, I can. Okay, actually. good. So he says, uh, Pete, hook them, love the show. What's it going to take to flip that horn sign the right way? If you're watching on YouTube, we've got the horns down sign. Well, listen, your own basketball coach screwed this up. The horns were down. I said, if they win the Big 12 in football, I flip them back up. I'm a man of my word. But Rodney Terry's got to stop being a crybaby. And the minute Rodney Terry became a crybaby a couple of weeks ago, I said the horns are going back down. So you know what? How about this? Just like I made the bet during football season. If they win the Big 12 regular season title, or I'll put a caveat in there, if they win the Big 12 tournament, I'll flip the horns back up. Does that sound fair to everybody? (laughs) Sounds fair to me, but what are you going to do with the BYU sign after what happened on Saturday? Uh, oh boy, that's a good point. (laughs) I may have to flip the BYU sign upside down because that is some weak sauce from BYU. I I know Mark Pope's trying to be a good guy, but I mean, going out of his way to apologize for his student section, having t-shirts that say horns down, Matthew, this is college basketball, man. You got to live, let the kids be kids and let them live life. Yeah. Let them have fun. I mean, there was, there was nothing wrong with what those kids did on Saturday. I mean, you know how I feel about this. Yeah. Only people that should be flipping horns down are Texas A&M and Oklahoma fans. Everybody else needs to get their own shtick. All right. But as long as somebody's not doing it in the face of a Longhorn player, that's the that's, that's yeah. The it's, a uh, yes, I totally agree. Uh, Apache King, KU Houston's going to be electric at the Fog. Uh, it'll be a street fight, defensive street fight. Yeah, it, that game feels to me, Matthew. If Houston wins it, here's what I would say: If Houston wins the game. I don't know. It, it feels like it's it's going to be a lower scoring game than if Kansas wins the game. Does that make sense to you? What I'm saying, if Kansas wins, yeah, I think it's, it's 78 to 75. If Houston wins, it's 72 to 68. Yeah, I mean this this Houston team has you know at home they're almost impossible to score on. On the road, it's a little bit better, but I think even in their um, God, I cannot remember how many points they scored against Texas on the road and in overtime they gave up. 72 to Texas. Yeah, 76. But their last road game, they gave up 68 to BYU. The road game before that, they gave up 67 to TCU. Um, they in the loss to Iowa State, they only gave up 57 points. So, mm. you know, they're they're capable of shutting you down on the road too. But you're you're right. It's gonna be 
if Houston wins, it's going to be in that 60, 65, 70 range. If, if Kansas can clear 70, 75 points offensively, I think Houston might have a hard time winning that game. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, this has been absolutely fantastic. It's been uh, good stuff. Last thing, Matthew, game of the week. Got to be Houston, Kansas, right? Just to put a bow on this sucker. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, that one is just, to me, you know, for Houston, it's an opportunity to really make a statement to the rest of the conference that, you know, we're, we're here, we belong here. I, I've been a believer in them since they joined the conference from a basketball standpoint, but this is their opportunity to kind of put a stamp on it and say to everybody else, not just, you know, in the Big 12, but across the country, you know, that maybe we need to be ranked higher than fourth. You know, the other night, UNC lost to Georgia Tech. So there's a little bit of a gap now above them in the in the top 25 this is a chance for them to tell everybody in the country we deserve to be ranked higher than that Mm -hmm. well it's going to be a fun saturday uh we appreciate everyone being here on youtube live on the radio show and of course on uh facebook live and the podcast as well if you haven't yet subscribe to the show hit the thumbs up on the uh youtube video it helps us more than you realize i know it sounds ridiculous but That's how these things work. Uh, And of course, five stars on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you as always, guys. And um, we'll talk to you soon. We'll have plenty of coverage on the website. Matthew will have a lot of written content at heartlandcollegesports.com and join those forums as well. The conversations are popping off in the wake of the Big 12 football schedule coming out this week as well and uh, basketball heading into February. So Matthew, we'll do it again next week, my man. Well done. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Appreciate it. All right. Have a great day and um, check us out at heartlandcollegesports.com covering the Big 12. I'm Pete Mundo. He's Matthew Postens. We'll talk to you soon.